Welcome back to Tales of Southwest Michigan's Past. This is Michael Delaware. I am your host. And in this episode, we are going to venture down to Branch County, Michigan, and explore some of the history of the newspapers and the press in that county. So come along and join me. Now, the reason I like to occasionally do an episode on the history of newspapers in a county or in an area is because they were such an important part of the daily journal of what was going on in the community at that time. And researchers today still use old newspapers to find stories and to get a feeling for the thinking process of the people at the time, the social events, and even the politics and tragedies, as well as current events during that time period. So finding resources, such as old newspapers, gives one insight into what was going on in that community. And Branch County has a history of their newspapers recorded in a book called History of Branch County, Michigan. And so I'm going to go through some of the history of the newspapers that were in Branch County. The press is widely recognized as an institution of unrivaled importance, and its influence, either for good or evil, in each county is of such a general nature, extending certainly to the furthest limits of the county, if not beyond, and that in its practices, the publishers of this and similar works consider the various newspapers of a county not as matters of pertaining to the places where they are published, but as subjects of general interest to which a chapter of the general history of that county should, in each case, be devoted." And that was how they introduced the chapter on the press of Branch County in this book, The History of Branch County, Michigan. Now, with each publication, the publisher or editors of the newspaper tended to lean in one political direction or the other. Very common throughout the history of the press in the United States, and it's still present today in newspapers. There are newspapers that print and lean more towards one political party or the other, even in present day. Back in the early 1800s, the two dominant political parties within the country were the Democrat Party and the Whig Party. The Democrat Party leaned more towards the Jacksonian Democrat period where they had many issues concerning uh, one man, one vote principles and majority rule type principles, as well as very large percentage of them were proponents of slavery. And they supported that institution down in the South. The primary Whig party principles believed in a strong federal government, similar to the early Federalist Party that preceded it. They also wanted the federal government to provide its citizenry with a transportation infrastructure and assist in economic development. The Whigs also called for government support of business through tariffs of outside countries. And they also stood in favor of national banking. 
And at the same time, they were generally opposed to slavery and the principles of slavery. And so a lot of the early Whig newspapers tended to be very outspoken on that subject. So the first newspaper published in Branch County was the Michigan Star. And the first number of which was issued of this newspaper was printed by the Branch County Printing Company. And it was in the village of Branch, which was then the county seat, in May of 1837. Now, I looked on a map down in Branch County, and Branch as a village itself no longer exists. I believe it was since absorbed by the city of Coldwater. But I have to do more research on that, and perhaps some of the Branch County historians can chime in on that point. But the village of Branch doesn't exist on a map down in Branch County anymore. This was 1837. And that newspaper was under the editorial supervision of a Mr. Charles P. West, who was the county clerk at the time. And he edited the newspaper with spirit and ability. Uh, But it was generally conceded among the knowing ones that anything extremely cute that had to be written was penned by his sister, Miss Laura West, who was called in to write those sorts of columns in the newspaper. But the life of that newspaper, however, was of short duration. The population of the county was sparse during that time, and there was a lot of sickness that prevailed among the pioneers, and the rival village had no encouragements. And we're talking about the rival village being uh, cold water. They didn't want to read a newspaper printed in a rival village to themselves. And so that brings about the next newspaper, which was the Coldwater Observer. The people of Coldwater knew full well that it would never do to let the rival village monopolize the printing for the county. So they were striving at every opportunity to procure the removal of the county seat from the village of Branch and also establish their own newspaper. And they saw that establishing a newspaper was one way to achieve their goal of becoming the county seat. So a physician, Thomas N. Calkins, and a lawyer, E.G. Fuller, took it upon themselves to establish a subscription newspaper that would challenge the Michigan Star. And they were the proprietors of the newspaper, and they procured the services of a man by the name of J. Ketchum Averell to be the foreman of the newspaper, and he was the original foreman of the Michigan Star, and he became the publisher of the new Coldwater paper, which they called the Coldwater Observer. And the first number of that newspaper was published on the 18th day of July in 1837, and it was rejoiced by the citizens of Coldwater. The considerable portion of that first edition of the newspaper spent time talking about the 4th of July, which had just preceded the publication of the newspaper. And it included a remarkably good oration by Dr. Calkins. The doctor was a very fine speaker and a very able writer. And so they included a lot of his speeches in that newspaper through the early days of its publication. Now, the Michigan Star and the Coldwater Observer were... Democrat-leaning papers of the time. And interestingly enough, Dr. Calkins' writings in the Coldwater Observer 
received him an invitation to become an editor or one of the editors of Detroit Free Press. And and they offered him a salary of $1,000 a year, and he accepted the offer, but he only remained with the Detroit Free Press for about one year. And after that, he edited a newspaper over in the Ann Arbor area. The editor that succeeded him at the Coldwater Observer was another physician, and he changed the name of the newspaper to the Branch County News. And that newspaper maintained a feeble existence a little bit longer after that transition, and then the publication soon expired, and it was replaced by other ones. Some months after the collapse of the Branch County News, two young men, one named Jocelyn and another one named Horton, took charge and published their own clever journal, which they named the Branch County Democrat. And, of course, this newspaper was decidedly Democrat-leaning. But the newspaper didn't last very long either. The next newspaper that would follow, after repeated failures of smaller papers, was the Coldwater Sentinel. In April of 1841, Mr. Albert Chandler, who was then an active young man and a practical printer, was induced to take hold of the newspaper business in the area. And on the 12th of that month, he issued the first number of a Democratic journal called the Coldwater Sentinel. The number, the first newspaper addressed the mourning of the death of President Harrison. And that paper existed for quite a long time following that first publication. Mr. Chandler was young, active, and industrious, and he was blessed with some sound judgment. And he could create a good and readable and permanent paper, which lasted for nearly eight years. Eventually, the Coldwater Sentinel would be sold to two men, Driggs and Gilbert, in the fall of 1856. And then the Sentinel would again be sold to a judge by the name of J.H. Gray shortly thereafter. And then ultimately it would be moved to Port Huron, Michigan, and the press would close down in Branch County over there in Coldwater. The first Whig newspaper that was published in the county was the Branch County Journal, and it was started on the 11th of November, 1851, by a man named B.F. Thompson. And it was a four-page newspaper with seven columns on a page. So you can imagine the printing was quite small, as you'll find when you look at a lot of those old newspapers from that period. And the first newspaper announced that there were new cars running over the Southern Michigan Railroad as far west as South Bend, Indiana. And back then, the term cars was not referencing automobiles. It was referencing the railroad cars that were part of a train. Mr. Thompson's father became part owner of the journal in June of 1852, and the firm became known as C.A. and B.F. Thompson. And then in March of 1853, it was transferred to two other men, E.J. Hard and H.B. Robinson. And these gentlemen conducted it for about two years and then sold it to two other men who published it for another year or more. And then it was sold to two other men. And then in turn, it was moved down to Elkhart, Indiana. 
and the journal itself existed until about 1855. And then in 1857, two men, last name Eddie and Gray, commenced the publication of the Branch County Republican, which, as its name implied, supported the principles of the Party of Freedom, which was the Republican Party, which was newly formed. And it was a merger of the old Whig Party and the Abolitionist Party. And so this was the new party at that time in history. And so they had a newspaper that leaned towards the Republican principles, which covered a lot of the abolitionist stories and columnists during that time period. But the newspaper lasted only about a year, and then it was sold to a man by the name of Horace J. Gray, who continued to make it a good and readable paper until 1861, and then he sold it to another man by the name of F.B. Way, who changed the name to the Branch County Gazette. The Branch County Gazette would exist for several years until about 1868 when it was sold to the owners of another newspaper and the name again was changed. In 1859, another newspaper was published in Coldwater and it was called the Democratic Union. And it was published by a man named J.L. Hackstaff. And he continued publication of that until 1861 when he decided to close the newspaper down and go off to serve in the Civil War. The next newspaper to follow in the area was a newspaper called the Southern Michigan News, which was brought out as a publication in Coldwater in 1863 by T.G. Turner during the Civil War. But its existence was short as the editor, again, like many men of that time, went off to war and the publication was suspended. The paper was Republican-leaning in its politics. And then in 1864, a man by the name of F.V. Smith and W.G. Moore started the Coldwater Union Sentinel, and it was published for several years. It included a lot of the local news of the area, and it leaned mostly Democratic in politics, but it did cover some of the Republican politics of the day. It waged warfare with an opposing newspaper called the Gazette and another one called the Republican. And in 1870, Smith and Moore sold the newspaper to Gibson Brothers, who continued it as the Sentinel, as a lively Democratic newspaper. In 1866, Major D.J. Easton, then formerly from the ranks of the 19th Michigan Infantry, which he had served gallantly for three years, started the Republican at Coldwater, which was the newspaper. And like all its predecessors, it was a weekly newspaper, and it was quite ambitious in its size, being an eight-page newspaper of the time, which was quite ambitious compared to the four-page newspapers that preceded it. The newspaper was sold in December of that year to a doctor by the name of Nichols who purchased an interest in the newspaper and became one of the editors. And then in 1868, the owners of the Republican purchased the Branch County Gazette, which I'd already covered that newspaper earlier. So there's a lot of crossover and a lot of the same players would leave a particular newspaper and buy another one or buy another one and merge it with the one they had to try to share the readership and pick up the, um, the readership of a new 
paper to expand their existing readership and so forth. Now, the first newspaper that was published in the county outside of the Coldwater area, outside of the original pioneer journalism of the Michigan Star, was a newspaper called the Bronson Herald, which was established in the village of Bronson in 1865. It was published by T. Babcock and Company, and they had bought the press from a company over in Lenawa County. And this newspaper was somewhat neutral in politics, and it appears to have been a very acceptable paper. It, it had a circulation of about 600 to 700 people at the time, but the publication suspended its operations in 1871. The next one outside of Coldwater in the county was in Union City. It was the Union City Independent, and this pioneer Union City journalism was established in that village in October of 1867 by Dr. Alexander H. Patti. It closed after a brief existence in the summer of 1868. The first journalistic venture in the village of Quincy was the Quincy Times, which began publication in September of 1868 as a six-column folio, and it was a weekly newspaper published by R.W. Lockhart, and it continued in publication until it was sold in 1876 to another man by the name of A.C. Culver, who became the editor and the proprietor of the newspaper. And it continued on for several years after that. Union City had another newspaper called the Union City Register, which began publication on the 20th of August, 1869, by a major D.J. Easton, who had been the founder of the Coldwater Republican. The Register was printed on a steam press, and it was a new type of press at the time. It had a circulation of about 900 subscribers at the time. And it was described that Major Easton's personal popularity, his ready pen, and business skill made the paper a decided success. Another independent newspaper called the Coldwater Reporter began publication in 1872 by a man named J.S. Conover. And then there was another newspaper over in Quincy that was published called The Literary Reporter, and that began publication in 1872. There's an interesting newspaper that was published in the village of Quincy in 1878 by L.E. Jacobs, and it was called The Greenbacker. And this was a paper devoted to the principles of the Greenback Party. Now, the Greenback Party was an American political party which had an anti-monopoly ideology, which was active between 1874 and 1889. The party itself had candidates that ran in three presidential elections in 1876, 1880, and 1884, before the party eventually faded away and disappeared. So that Greenbacker paper only lasted from May in 1878 till about October in 1878 in Quincy because they just had a lack of Greenbackers that wanted to subscribe to it. So it disappeared. The Quincy Herald was another newspaper that followed in 1878 in November, and it was obtained from the material of the Greenbacker 
and it became a healthy newspaper in the village following that. And lastly, the Cold Water Weekly Press was a journal that began in 1877 in October, and it was founded by a gentleman by the name of Kingston and another one named Dennis, and they began a daily newspaper in March of 1878. But they found that that effort was a little bit too enterprising for the time, even for the village of Coldwater, and it ultimately was given up and returned to a weekly newspaper following that. And interestingly enough, that newspaper followed the support of the Greenback Party, as I mentioned earlier, and offered a lot of great support to the Greenback candidates during that time, complete with a lot of advocacy for those candidates when they ran for president. So that's just an interesting tour through some of the history of the early publications that were in the Coldwater area. Today there is the Coldwater Daily Reporter down there, and there may be another smaller paper in the area. But that essentially is some of the history of the early newspapers up until the late 1800s that were in existence in Branch County. And those newspapers, a lot of them are in archives at libraries, and you can go through them. Some of them are online, not all of them. Uh, Branch County doesn't have a lot of online resources, but I'm still looking for them. Perhaps some of them are available through the library, uh, but I know a lot of the, the folks that I've had on as guests from the Union City area have mentioned that they have a printed archive at some of the libraries down in that area and some of the old copies of the Union City Register and some of those early Union City papers have been uh, quite useful for a lot of the historians down at the Union City Society for Historic Preservation and some of the historical societies in the Coldwater area. But that's going to do it for today's journey through history, looking at some of the history of the Branch County newspapers. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to leave a review of some sort on whatever app that you are listening on. And some kind words are always appreciated. It helps to get other people to find out about the podcast. And if you'd like to reach out to me, you can find me at michaeldelaware.com. I am always happy to hear from my listeners, and I always welcome new suggestions for story ideas, and sometimes I take you up on it, especially if I find it's something that I'm interested in researching, I will explore it further. So until next time, when we take another journey into yesterday and explore even more fascinating tales of Southwest Michigan's past, thank you for listening. <laughs>